Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, it's your girl Cy Brown, and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show. We have an excellent show planned for you today. We have the author of Contagious Optimism, Mr. David Mezapel, joining us today. This is going to be an excellent, excellent show. Well, you know, all my shows are good, if I do say so myself. But we are talking about optimism and hope and all of that good stuff. And I'm just excited because I ran into David um, at Book Expo America. And, you know, you have so many people there promoting books and, you know, just about all different things that may or may not matter, may or may not be relevant to helping us live a better life. This book is the real deal. So I'm excited. Contagious Optimism, Uplifting Stories, and Motivational Advice for Positive Forward Thinking. So log on to SciBrown.com right now. If you click today's show, you will be able to see a cover copy of the book. And, uh, you know, I want you to go on Amazon and buy the book. I want you to... I want you to... I'm getting bad feedback. Not sure why. But it's all good. This is a live show, and that's what happens sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, David's going to be joining us in a second. And uh, on the back of the book, it says, 100 Habits of Highly Optimistic People. You know, we live in a time right now where um, a lot of people are sad. A lot of times things don't work out the way we necessarily want them to do, want things to. But uh, we have to be optimistic. We have to be hopeful. And for those of you who love the Lord as much as I do, we understand that's, what, that's the rock that we lean on uh, when times get tough. So it's just a pleasure having David. I'm just going to check the sound real quick. We'll edit this out of the final podcast. But let me just check the sound just to make sure that the sound quality is good. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to TGL. Thank you so much for joining me in the chat room today. I missed you. And, of course, your day back, and I see you hanging out with me in the chat room. My sound went out for a second, but it's all good. How are you? Hit me up in the chat room. Let me know how things are going in your neck of the woods. It's a pleasure to see you back. And to everybody who's hanging out with me this morning in the chat room, Create a username and passcode. That way I can see who you are and properly greet you and, and give an extra special good morning. Um, but I don't know if you guys can hear. It's it's raining pretty badly here in the New York City area, which stinks. Um, I think there's some bad weather traveling east. But you know what? It's all good. It's, it's, it's going to be a good day. So anyway, I want to get right into this book, Contagious Optimism. One of the things that I'm really excited about having David on the show is because he is a TEDx 
speaker. And so for those of you who may not um, be too familiar with TEDx or the TEDx series, it's where speakers get on stage, I mean thought leaders, not even speakers, but thought leaders get on stage and share um, what their take and their opinion on a particular issue, usually within 18 minutes. And the whole TED series is is full of thought leaders and people that have something to say from an extremely different perspective than our own. So the the TED series, I mean, if you go to YouTube or if you go to um, TEDx, I know here in the New York area they just started a TEDx group in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, and so it's just a really rich opportunity to be able to hear people speak, for, you know, on a host of different topics and issues um, from a really different perspective uh, than our own. I just see that Rabbit Pro joined us in the chat room. Good morning, my friend. Thank you so much. We have Atlanta in the chat room. We've got New York in the chat room. We've got Tennessee in the chat room. So thank you guys for hanging out with me, and welcome to the new season of the Brown Morning Show. We have a lot of big things planned for everybody today. Hit me up and let me know what's going on. I want to talk about what you guys are working on. I want to illuminate what you guys have going on in your respective areas because there's just so much to share and a lot of really good stuff to um, to talk about. I'm going to add just really a, a little behind-the-scenes nugget, Rabbit Pro and you'll see him in the chat room, is our engineer. So he's the one that created our amazing new opening for the show this season. So big shout-out to Dee. Thank you, friend of mine from back in the day. <laughs> so thank you, Dee, for uh, for joining me in the chat room today. And Richard will be calling in in a moment, but I just want to touch on something um, really quickly. You know I'm a big fan of – not, not, I don't even want to use the word fan, you know, just a follower of politics and world news. And I just want to, you know, talk about this whole conflict in Syria. I think we'll probably do a show on that, if not tomorrow, definitely um, next week, about the conflict in Syria. And people are losing their lives. And we just, and, and I'm hoping that our government is mindful um, and cautious as they tread into you know, foreign land, and that hopefully we don't get into another global conflict where our resources are being used and we really don't have, you know, the resources to expend anymore. We've been in Afghanistan and Iraq for all of these years, and so I just think it's really important that the government take a very responsible approach to any conflict that we may actually get ourselves engaged in. So uh, I will be talking uh, in depth about what's going on in Syria and, and other world issues because it's it, it's serious. It's definitely serious, and I want to make sure that I bring you the most information. Let me pause the show for two seconds. I hate doing this, um, but I... TGL, I don't know. I want to say you bought me some good luck, but something's going on with my sound, and I want to make sure that we can pull David in. Uh, so I'm hoping that this is not indicative <laughs> of our new season. We've had perfect shows so far. Um, maybe that means just a lot of people are listening and something's not happening the right way. But let me just wait two seconds to see if I can pull David in, and I'll be right back.
Hey, David, thank you for joining us today on the Cyber Morning Show. How are you today? Good. How are you? I am so excited that you're hanging out. I want to get right into this book, Contagious Optimism, Uplifting Stories and Motivational Advice for Positive Forward Thinking. What made you write this book? I mean, these are some dark moments. We're having some dark moments in time. What made you write this book, David? Sure. Well, I've always been enamored by the stories I've heard from people throughout my life. Um, Growing up as the youngest, I spent a lot of time with older relatives, older family friends, and I was always impressed with the stories, whether it was stories of wisdom, stories of war, stories about how they ran a business or, or met their spouse, and I never forgot it. And as I got older, I always thought to myself, wow, what I wouldn't give to hear those stories again today. It's one of these things. I'm really into the wisdom of, from the stories we hear from other people. And then about three years ago, my alma mater, Fairfield University, had asked me to consider writing a book about optimism in business, how to run your business using positive thinking and, and innovation, entrepreneurship. And I thought, you know what? I'm ready to do this, but let's not just make it about me. Let's make it about lots of people, and not just business, but all kinds of themes throughout life, sports, relationships, business, you name it. And that's really what made me do it, and I finally rolled forward and did it. Well, you know, it's, it, you know, just even when you're looking at Praise for Contagious Optimism, and I had the pleasure of reading most of the book. It's a, it's a pretty thick book. Um, I just picked it up at BEA about two weeks ago. It's 400-plus pages, uh, so I am about 80% through, so don't tell me anything about the ending. But, you know, <laughs> when, you're t- <laughs> when we're talking about optimism, you know, your, your, your chapter headings are talent, goal analysis, turning envy into jealousy, and you really expound on those those issues in the book. Do you feel that those are reasons people are not optimistic and can't move forward in their lives because of those things? I do, and that's a great question, by the way, and and I do. And the reason I feel that way is a lot of people in the – well, we're going to write several volumes, and every volume will have – some similar themes and some new themes. But the themes in Volume 1, for example, talent, uh, since you mentioned it, a lot of people think they're bad at something and they give up. Or a lot of people, even if they don't admit it, they envy others, and that makes them negative. So what we tried to do was we capture stories, real stories from people throughout the world that might have or had issues of envy or had issues with developing their talents. And the beauty of it is that when people hear stories and read stories of how others have been there and have persevered and came out on the positive end of all that, it's comforting and it spreads a message of hope. Well, I, and, I, and, we, and we definitely need that. I mean, our president, no matter how you feel about him, you know, people voted for him because I think we were at a place where we needed a little peppering of hope in our lives. And, you know, my son, who's uh, 23 years old, put on Facebook one time, everybody on Facebook isn't winning. And I thought it was such a, a great post because 
sometimes when you look on Facebook or these social media and people are doing this, people are doing that, and then you look at your own life and you're like, wow, how do you stay encouraged when it seems like your life can't compare? And, you know, when you talk about certain points in the book, it's like, you know what, right here, achievement of mind and will, you can't ever give up, particularly on yourself, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. And and that's why I say all the time, uh, we are all naturally mentors just by the sheer impressions of our footsteps. So when we've been through something, an obstacle, uh, something difficult in our life, and we got through it, and we always get through it, when somebody else is in that same problem and learns how you did it, it's comforting for them, and it gives them hope. And, and hope is really what it's all about. It, it, it's, it's gratitude, hope, and thinking positive of the future and using the past as your learning lessons. Well, you know, in, in, in olden times, whenever those olden times were, <laughs> there was uh, an oral history. Oral history played such a part of the, the, just the lives and the culture of people, the telling of stories. Uh, do you think through your book people can start to regain or just have more confidence in the passage of stories or their story to keep other people encouraged? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny you should mention that because one of the things we do is we send our teams, including myself, into senior living facilities really around the globe, especially in the United States and Canada. And we, we go into assisted living and independent living communities, and we capture stories from these people because, like you mentioned about olden times, well, our older generations, our seniors right now, have amazing stories of perseverance. And mm -hmm. when people read those, absolutely helps them and encourages them. And, and also, when you think about it, for years, Say you heard a story from a grandparent or a great-grandparent. You heard it so many times. You and your siblings, your cousins, friends heard those stories to a point where you thought they got boring and you didn't want to hear them anymore. But once that relative or family friend is gone, that story is pretty much gone. It doesn't leave the family. But now, by capturing stories the way we are from people of all ages, all demographics, they're there forever. They're there digitally. They're there on paper. Now somebody could say, hey, my grandparent was, was in Contagious Optimism Volume 5 50 years ago. That, that's what mm -hmm. we want to see happen. Uh, David, I think you're actually in my house. I think you're a fly on the wall. My grandmother <laughs> is 92 years old. <laughs> and, you know, I have to say privately, even though I'm saying it on the air, so it's not private now, but when we visit her, when we see her, she tells the same stories over when I was little and when I did went to school and they kicked my, the dust on my shoes and my sister came and beat her up and my you know and you hear these things and I'm like grandma, <laughs> we've heard this before and but you know just in a blink of an eye, I have it has come to my heart and into my spirit that I have to appreciate those stories a lot more because she is 92, and as frustrating as it may seem at this point, listening to those stories does give me hope because she's 92, she's seen a lot of things, the wars, the civil rights movement, and I just now realize in this very second that I have to 
be a little bit more sensitive because her optimism and her hope is what got her to where she is now, considering all of the things that she's seen over the last 92 years of her life. That's, that's so beautiful. That's exactly what you just described is exactly what we're all about and is exactly why I wrote this absolutely right on the money. Yeah, it's. but one of the things I think we have to also stay present in our moments um, because that really is, that really just hit me, like literally right now, like, you know, let me call my grandmother when I finish the show today. <laughs> but it's the oral history. It's and the and the subtitle of the book is uplifting stories and motivational advice for positive forward thinking. So even with that moment, with my grandmother and my ability to reflect on her wisdom of ninety two years, how do we keep? young people encouraged. My niece just graduated from college. I was just went to her college graduation here in New York City about two weeks ago, and she doesn't have a job right now. She's looking for opportunities. How do we keep our young people hopeful? What, what, what can we share with them? What stories do you have in the book that can help us keep our younger people hopeful and not just kind of fall into the abyss of social media and and reality shows. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, first of all, um, you mentioned positive forward thinking. And and what that is, is the ability to find the silver lining in every cloud, apply it to today or even yesterday, and be hopeful that tomorrow will be better. Um, You know, today, right now, things might be be tough. Uh, Many people have lost confidence in themselves in the world around them due to either personal hardship or economic or political uncertainty, especially young people are are greatly affected by that. But we believe that by hearing the stories of the past, they'll inspire and motivate others to regain that happiness, regain confidence and a zeal for life. You have to learn from other people's wisdom. Now, when you think about what young people today are going through. Sure, we now have social media, so it's, it's magnified so much. But years ago, there was unemployment issues. There was war issues. There was, there was always issues that we have today, but they're just more magnified now, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the difference was back then, uh, people formed cliques. Uh, they protested, whatever it may be, uh, but they didn't have, they didn't have tools to learn from people that had been through it and came out on the other side just fine. So we believe that somebody who's 20 can learn something very valuable from from somebody who's 90 uh, that had been through an employment issue or been through a war. Uh, So that's that's why we bring it all together. And our stories do reflect all those themes. I love it. And, you know, you have a lot of other co-authors in the book. Um, why did you decide to put their stories in here as well as opposed to you just writing a book and getting it out there and doing the traditional book tours and things? Is it that you wanted to make it more collaborative or that they just had um, so much to share to audiences as well? I have to tell you, Sai, that is the best question I've ever been asked, and nobody has asked it since I've been doing this. Um, Are you serious? I get to keep my job another week? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's oh, it. I'm, I'm so pro- happy you asked me that question. Nobody ever. I'm asked the producer. It. I do get to keep my job another week. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, 
in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, uh, stories, real stories, fact, not fiction, I believe 405 pages of me is boring. But I believe 405 pages from people all over the world at 750 words per essay is exciting. It's harder to put down. And as a writer, that's what you want to hear. You want to hear that you've encouraged people and that your books are hard to put down. Now, across all those themes, uh, I think there's eight or ten of them in the first volume, I tried to cite examples from my life, and several of them were, were very profound, but there's no way I could write 10 or 11 examples for each theme times, say, 8 or 10 themes. But I thought, if we capture stories from people all over the world in a chicken soup for the soul kind of way, it mm -hmm. just makes it very interesting. And also, people could easily say, oh, David could do it, but David is this, David is that. But now they can't say that. Now they could say there are 75 co-authors in the book. They've all been through it. They've all, they've all turned lemons into lemonade. And, uh, and, and that's, why, that's why I did it that way. It's, it's different with mysteries, books like that. Then one voice is fine. But when you get into books about fact outside of biographies and autobiographies, I believe that um, compilations are, are much more entertaining and deliver more of a message. I think so too. I, I, you know, I really do too. Uh, because it, you know, just like the Bible or any other great book, um, people are going to read it and interpret it differently. So there can be a situation in life, and all of the contributors may have a different perspective on that same factual event. And it just makes for number one more uh, a more engaging book, but number two, it also opens the reader's heart to be able to see things from a different perspective as well. Absolutely. And you know what's so nice is, is the book has only been out now a few weeks, and we are receiving dozens, if not hundreds, of letters and emails already from people saying they've finished the book, they're already halfway through a second read, and this is all day long these kind of messages are coming in, that people are – are affected by it in a great way, and they can't put it down, and they already want to know when Volume 2 is coming out. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and I think it's not just the quality of the book and a testament to our co-authors. I think you hit it on the head. People want and need optimism. And this is something, this is a light versus all the negative press from the mainstream media. So this is, mm -hmm. this is what people want and need. I, you know, I touched at the top of the show, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on a show about the conflict in Syria. Um, and when the banks collapsed and the, the financial markets here in the country um, went kaput a couple years ago, I remember chronicling that entire, you know, these, these serious moments on the show. And so it's always good to be able to, to lift and to elevate and, and bring a little bit of light as well because we're bombarded, you know, through through the media. There's a there's a, a phrase in the media, if it bleeds, it leads. Well, I don't know if I want to just turn on the news at 7 o'clock in the morning and see uh, some murder or some, you know, guy shot up a school um, because it's good for ratings. So, you know, I want people to go out and purchase your book and read your book because there's another way to look at life and without optimism, we're going to all walk around just being miserable and melancholy and 
you know, just groggy. You know, you have to have some bit of energy and some hope in your eyes, have a glimmer. And and if not, it just makes for a very dark world to live in. And that's not the place that I think uh, we're supposed to live in. I think we're supposed to live in an environment where people are healthy and they have hope, but because of people like you that write books and share the stories. Absolutely. That's a, what you just said is very beautiful and very true. Um, you know, I believe that people can be realists and optimists, and they should be. If I ran a news organization, sure, I would absolutely deliver all the news. But I say all, I mean all. I want to hear the good. I want to hear the bad. Right. I don't want to hear the bad. And, that, and that's where I think what separates like me and you from other people um, on this topic, because I, I am a realist. Like If something bad happened or markets collapsed, of course I should know, and I want to be there to comfort those people. But I think those people and everybody else around the world also needs to hear the good news because more optimism is contagious and it breeds more and more and more. Now, when you think about, as you've read the book, you probably noticed almost every single story in our book um, of perseverance, every one of them starts out with how the person had an obstacle, what they were up against, something relatively negative. I hate to use the word, but it, it's true. Mm-hmm. But they got through it, and the story ends with with a happy punchline, if you will, and that's really what I love delivering. I love knowing that I could pick up a story that might be sad at first, but the people got through it. And if the news organizations did the same thing, that would be so wonderful. We have to find light in everything. We have to find wisdom in everything because that's what the, our future they learn from. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We're we're running we're down to the last two minutes of the show, but I just want to answer a question that we we got in the chat room. Um, is he a public speaker as well? I know you spoke um, at TEDx. Can about thirty seconds? Can you tell us about that? Sure, I uh, I did I spoke at TEDx uh, down here in Florida, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, our, my talk should be live within a few days on the TEDx website. And the TED website. I am. I, I do speak a lot, uh, radio, TV, and live uh, events. If people need a speaker, I, I love speaking. I love talking about. I love talking about contagious optimism. That's awesome. Well, we have to get you back on the show, and we will definitely promote the video um, uh, when it comes out. We want. I want all of my listeners to um, see the video. Listen. Thank you so much, David, for joining us. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Uh, no, I just, you know, I just want people to understand, and I, and I mentioned it before, we are all naturally mentors just by the sheer impressions of our, of our footsteps, and, and people should feel comfortable sharing all their stories. What they may consider boring or uneventful is actually inspirational and motivational to others. So share your stories. Oh, that's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to David Mezzapel, the author of Contagious Optimism, Uplifting Stories and Motivational Advice for Positive Thinking. This was a great show. Thank you so much for listening today. And remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow at 11 a.m.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.